I just think on paper, what's bothering me the most is on paper, the Broncos, I thought, should have won this game going away, right? I, I just feel like they're a better team than the, the Bears on paper. By far, by far, there's way more talent on Denver than Chicago. Come on, it's not even close. But on the field, it's like survival, right? Can we can we survive and get out of Chicago with a win? So I just can't get to the positivity, John. And I was hoping that you would try to bring the positivity today and try to like get me closer to that, you know, that line, that le- being level, that equilibrium, whatever you want to say, because I'm so far on the negative side still. But I just can't get there because I'm not sure I learned anything from this game. I'm not sure what I've learned, except that Sean Payton hates long sleeve shirts, right? That's all I learned. (laughs) Other than that, what the hell did we learn, John? Hey there, everybody. Welcome into the show. Ryan O'Leary here alongside my friend, John Heath. It's the Broncos Wire podcast powered by the USA Today Network. John, how you doing this week, my friend? How you feeling about uh, the first one of the season for your Broncos? I feel mixed about it because, you know, it's nice to get a win. But, like, in the first half of that game when they're getting blown out by the worst team in the NFL, it was like, okay, wow, like, the Broncos are terrible. This is awful. And I was like, but there is a silver lining. Like, at least now, if we're going to lose to the Bears, then we're definitely on track for number one overall. Yep. So, at least we can get Caleb Williams. So, like, there's a silver lining. And then, like, they can't even tank, right? The 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 Bears are so bad. Like, they definitely deserve the number one overall pick. They blow a 28-7 lead. And the Broncos come back and win, and it's like it's like cool. It's like great job, great fight, really good job by Russell Wilson in particular. I thought, but it's like we just beat the worst team in the NFL by a field goal, and where does that leave us now? Like, are we still a bad team? Yes. Like beating the Bears by a field goal does not mean suddenly the Broncos are a good team. Like I'm still worried that they're only going to win four or five games this year. And, you know, maybe maybe I'm just being way too pessimistic. I think this Jets game coming up will be a huge tell and we'll get we'll get into the Jets game later in the podcast. But I just I'm super torn, Ryan, because, yes, it's nice to win, but I'm not convinced that, you know, this means the Broncos are turning things around. I think they just played the worst team in the NFL and barely managed to beat them after falling behind. Yeah, I'm proud of you, John, because usually you're the optimistic one. And I was I was hoping that you maybe you'd bring more optimism to the table and I could yell at you. Uh, that was kind of my plan for the opening, but you already screwed that up. But yeah, I, th- I thought coming in, okay, so opening thoughts after that game, right? Is it a, just a good game or is it a good sign, right? Good sign meaning, I don't know, sometimes you get going in a season, you need something like that fourth quarter against the Bears, right? When, when nothing's going right, like for the Broncos those first three weeks, nothing's going right. Literally everyone's dunking on you. Uh, for that 70 burger against the Dolphins. Caleb Williams is like the talk of the fan base, including you, John Heath. Like, that's all you want to talk about is Caleb Williams right now. And I don't blame you. But then you get to like run off the field in Chicago with a win where you literally needed every single phase to be perfect, offense and defense, especially. You also needed to get a little lucky, which the Bears obliged because they're stupid and their coaches are clueless and their players have no idea how to win. So that helped too. The Bears definitely obliged and helped you in that fourth quarter. Yes. But yeah, I mean, that fourth quarter could, it's possible, right? Possible that fourth quarter could be where we look back someday in the future and say, oh man, that Russell Wilson, Sean Payton era of the Broncos, that's where it kicked off. Remember that fourth quarter in Chicago, John? Remember that when they came back and won that game? So yeah, it's possible that's it. It's also possible that a great fourth quarter against the league's most clueless team in the Chicago Bears, the biggest dumpster fire in the league, as we talked about last week. It's possible that that fourth quarter just kind of covered up the first three, right? And nothing's really fixed. And I think I'm with you. I think that's what it is. I mean, number one, 
Again, your defense was laughed at, dunked on all week. You come out and you make Justin Fields look like Joe Montana for three quarters. I mean, you're down 28-7 against the Bears. They are the worst defensive football. How'd they look on third downs in that fourth quarter, John? Man, the Broncos had an easy time converting those third downs. They're so bad, the Bears. They're so bad. And I mean, looking straight at Vance Joseph, that was your response to all that criticism, all that noise? That's your response. I mean, how many times, John, did Justin Fields have all day to throw back there, right? How many times did a Bronco fall flat on his face, leaving a guy wide open? I remember that DJ Moore touchdown. Or how many times was Cole Komet freaking wide open and nobody (laughs) knew who was picking him up uh, down the seam or whatever over over the middle? Like, how many times did that happen? I mean, holy crap. Thank God Fields and Komet weren't on the same page on that interception to end the game, or who knows what would have happened. I mean, come on. So, yeah, I mean, yes, they got it done in the fourth quarter. That's good. But the first three quarters, I mean... What the hell was that, John? Right? Fields has never yeah. even thrown for 300 yards in his whole career. He did it easily in this game. They put up I all know. these points. I mean, come on, man. That was the response from the defense of Vance Joseph. Come on, man. It, the good news is Justin Simmons, he missed the last two weeks. And like those Cole Komet plays and some of the receivers deep down the field, I really think when Justin Simmons is back in this, like it's still going to happen just because it happened the first few weeks when they had Simmons, there was still busted coverage, but I think it will be less frequent. Like Turner yell, like uh, nothing against him. Like he's a fourth, fifth string receiver. He's supposed to be a special teams guy. He's only playing because Justin Simmons is hurt. Caden Stearns is hurt. And PJ Locke is hurt. Um, Simmons might be back this week. PJ Locke's eligible to come back from injured reserve. So hopefully with, their normal safety and a better backup safety that some of that terrible, terrible coverage will get a little bit better. But I totally get what you're saying because Justin Fields and the bears offense, the first three weeks of the season was just absolutely awful. And like, if you cannot have like the Broncos as a team bounce back and win the game, but as a defense, if you cannot have a bounce back game and have, you know, a good performance against one of the worst, offenses in the NFL and against a young struggling quarterback who just could not put it together the first few weeks like it was a get right game for Justin Fields and like at the end he he blew it and he had that interception that ultimately decided the game but like like you said for the first three quarters of that game Justin Fields was marching up and down the field just destroying the Broncos defense it's just not acceptable like yes Simmons being out, like I said, that hurts them and it will help when he gets back. But even still, like it's it's just got to be better because Sean Payton was lamenting after the game like he wasn't satisfied and like this is good. He shouldn't be, but he wasn't satisfied with that win. He's talking about how they're going to play much better teams on their schedule. And they're right. Like we're just a couple weeks away from the Chiefs two times in like a three week span. So it's. It's tough to watch, and you know, as a Broncos fan, you just gotta hope that Justin Simmons coming back is gonna make a really big difference in the secondary. At some point, Baron Browning's gonna come back from the PUP list. At some point, Frank Clark will be back. I don't know, you know, how much we can expect from him, but there is some reinforcements on the way. I don't think it's gonna make like a world of difference. But, you know, it might make the defense a little more competent, and it all adds up. Like we saw the Jets. Uh, that like I was shocked how much they stuck with the Chiefs. Like the Jets really could have and probably should have won that game against the Chiefs. There was some terrible officiating in that game. It was so frustrating. But yeah, like like the Broncos, if they can just 
not be a dumpster fire on defense. Like Russell Wilson is good enough. He just like, he has like the 10th most comeback wins, uh, including the playoffs in NFL history. Like Russell Wilson's not washed. Like he has demonstrated this season under Sean Payton that he is a good quarterback and the Broncos offense suddenly is scoring 25 points a game. Like the offense is good. The Broncos can score points, but if this defense is getting absolutely demolished by one of the worst teams in the NFL, it's just, it's a super troubling sign and I don't know, like these next few weeks are going to be really telling, like when they are more fully healthy, if this is continuing, like there's no way the Broncos can accomplish anything this year. Just like if you, like the Dolphins drop 70 on them, like how much are the Chiefs going to drop on them if the defense keeps playing like this? The defense continues to be a major concern. I'm I'm happy that they put it together in that fourth quarter. Will it continue? I don't know. I don't have faith that it'll continue. And also, I do have the offense in my crosshairs a little bit too, John. It's like, yeah, no, Russell Wilson, that was vintage. That was a great comeback. And yes, they're they're definitely moving the ball better and scoring more points. And 25 points per game, that's a real number, right? That's a good number. Most of the teams in the league, when you suck, you score around 15. And the majority scores around 19, 18 points per game, right? The elite go into the 20s and maybe touch 30, right? Those are the elite teams. The The Broncos are scoring points. That's great. But come on. It's like they're moving the ball better and scoring more points in the Hackett days. It's like, wow, that's uh, that's a low bar, a low bar to clear, right? But I mean, seven points over the first three quarters against, like I said last week, John, the worst defense in football. The, the Bears are so bad. The Bears are so bad on defense. And there was a, a probably a stretch of like 40 minutes in there where the Broncos, like after their first drive where they scored the, the first touchdown, and then that one that kind of started the comeback late in the third quarter, it's a stretch of almost like 40 minutes there where they didn't score a point. That was disappointing too. Um, so, like, I don't know. It, the, the, good, the good news with the offense, I think it's like very largely self-inflicted wounds. Like I think they had five false starts on the offensive line, which is just terrible. They had so many penalties. Yeah that made like a third and manageable, a third and long. And they just, they just had silly stuff like that. How many, the defense is just like, seems like incompetence, like uh, terrible scheming, terrible execution, terrible tackling, busted coverage. Just like, okay, that's just a mess. The offense, I think it's just dumb mistakes that can be cleaned up. And so as the season goes on, I think the offense will iron some of that out. And like you said, they're scoring points and they have room to improve. So the, the offense I'm not worried about. It's just like, Everyone in Broncos country knows like the defense. This is, you know, the alarming unit in Denver. Yeah, the defense is the problem. I I think what's bothering me and thanks for jumping in and saving me there, John. I I needed some help there getting to the end of this take. I just think on paper, what's bothering me the most is on paper. The Broncos, I thought, should have won this game going away. Right. I I just feel like they're a better team than the, the Bears on paper by far, by far. There's way more talent on Denver than Chicago. Come on. It's not even close. But on the field, it's like survival right can we can we survive and get out of chicago with a win so i just can't get to the positivity john and i was hoping that you would try to bring the positivity today and try to like get me closer to that you know that line that let being level that equilibrium whatever you want to say because i'm so far on the negative side still but i just can't get there because i'm not sure i learned anything from this game i'm not sure what i've learned except that sean payton hates long sleeve shirts right that's all i learned (laughs) other than that what the hell did we learn john about the broncos i'm not sure we learned anything Maybe we will against the Jets here coming up, which we're going to talk about, but I'm just not sure what we learned, and that's alarming. I like that they didn't throw in the towel. They didn't give in. Like They kept fighting back, and that was good. And as you mentioned, the defense did make plays in the fourth quarter. Like um, Their second-year pass rusher, Dick Benito, Nick Benito, 
started over Randy Gregory, and he did fantastic. He had two and a half sacks, including that strip sack that Cooper returned for a touchdown. That tied up the game. So, like, Benito emerging as a good pass rusher is super promising. And, like, Gregory, like, as the more time goes on, the more he just looks like a bust free agency signing. And I don't, at this point, I don't think they could really even trade him because I don't think anyone would want to trade for his contract. So Gregory just seems like a huge miss by George Payton. But, you know, it's good that George Payton's second round draft pick last year, Benito, is stepping up. So Payton, uh, people have really mixed takes on Payton. I, I'm kind of going off on a tangent on this, but he he's had some real big hits uh, in the draft. He's had some misses, but everybody does. I feel like free agency has really been his big weakness. But yeah, so like a silver lining is the defense did make plays when it counted. There are reinforcements on defense coming back. If not this week, within the next few weeks, there will be guys coming back. And the offense, the whole team fought back and the offense is competent. Like they can stick with teams. Well, I shouldn't say they can stick with teams. They have the ability to score points. Whether they can score as many points as their own defense allows remains to be determined when they have these Jets games and the Bills game coming up and the Chargers twice like this. Like They could get into some shootouts, and, and the good news is Russell Wilson has shown he can lead scoring drives in shootouts. So honestly, they, they might be kind of fun to watch as the season goes on if they have a bunch of shootouts where they're all on offense. So long as they keep scoring these points – and their defense allowing points like 35 to 31 games, 31 to 28 games. Like that's fun. It's not fun. The bears because the bears are the worst team in the NFL and the Broncos had to climb out of a huge deficit. So, you know, in hindsight, it's not like, Oh, that was fantastic because of the circumstances. But if they have like a 31 to 28 game against the chiefs, even if it's a loss, like we're not going to be super mad about that because they stuck with the chiefs and barely lost. Uh, by a field goal. I mean, a super hypothetical, but uh, trying to give you some optimism, Ryan, like at least maybe the Broncos will be entertaining. So like, we're not going to have a 70 to 20 every week, hopefully. No, I like that. Well, no, the reason I'm fighting a hard time having optimism is because it was the Bears they beat. 31 mm-hmm. to 28 if it was the chiefs john it'd be a whole different tone you know yeah what I mean? so maybe that's just a huge huge reach by me maybe that's not even fair to hypothesize make as a hypothetical i appreciate you trying john i do i do um but you know so you've, you've talked about some of the help that's on the way and i do think that that fourth quarter could be a good sign i agree with you 100 the the way they came back the way they got to run off the field together and russell wilson's tweeting about oh man what, what an exceptional performance whatever he said something you know some inspiring words of wisdom for his teammates like whatever everybody was feeling it they were feeling it on that plane ride home does that carry over to the next week does that get them going we'll see hopefully Hopefully. Otherwise, how, why is Vance Joseph still here? Why does he still have a job? Not to beat that dead horse, but that's another question and a topic we'll continue with here as we go. But um, help on the way, John. We know Javante Williams left this ball game. What's his prognosis? What are you hearing? What are you seeing out there? Um, and then in terms of you mentioned the guys like Baron Browning, you mentioned Justin Simmons, like what's going on for the Broncos on the injury front? Do you think they could be getting some of these guys back in time for the Jets? Yeah, we're we're recording early in the week, so we're not well, we don't know the Wednesday injury report and the Thursday injury report before this podcast comes out. But Kwan Williams, PJ Locke, and Baron Browning, uh, they're all eligible to come back from injured reserve or the PUP list. And just because they're eligible doesn't guarantee that they will come back. I don't know. Like I don't know if Browning's gonna need more time. Locke, when he got hurt, Sean Payton said he was fine. So unless Sean Payton was just 
completely lying, I would assume that Locke would be able to come back this week. And they just did that as like a procedural move to give themselves some roster space for the first four weeks of the season. Kwan Williams, that was in late August and his timeline was like six to eight weeks. So that he might need another week or two, just depending on how his recovery has gone. But whenever he comes back, that will be a huge boost to the secondary because he's a very good cornerback and they could use some help at cornerback. And then Baron Browning, again, like we don't know what his status is going to be at practice this week when we're recording this. But whenever he can come back, he's eligible this week. Whenever he's healthy enough, like that could be a big boost to the pass rush. Like Randy Gregory could go from starting a few weeks ago to not starting on Sunday to next week. Like he he might barely play if Browning is is back. And then he joins a rotation of Bonito and Cooper. And Cooper has been playing well as well. So it's good that those guys are eligible to come back this week. Justin Simmons, I, I'm just assuming that after missing two games, like you would hope that maybe in the third week he'd be able to come back for that. Because if if they expect him to miss four games, they could have just put him on IR. And sometimes you just don't know. But based on what they expected, I would think he'd be in line to come back this week. And then Javante Williams, like you mentioned, he he hurt his hip during the Bears game. But ESPN's Adam Schefter said that he's not expected to miss much, if any time. So that's a sigh of relief for Javante Williams. And even if Javante does miss a game, Jaleel McLaughlin looked so good against the Bears on Sunday. He only had 10 touches, 104 yards, and a touchdown. And, you know, before Sunday, the first few weeks of the season, he's kind of like Marvin Mims. Like, every time he touches the ball, he's a dynamic playmaker. He can make something happen. And he's not going to be a workhorse, but they don't need him to be because they have Javante Williams. And even if Javante Williams misses a game or so, Samaj P. Ryan can mix in with McLaughlin. So he's a tiny guy. He's not a workhorse back, but he's an explosive, exciting player. And Peyton said they're going to be getting him more involved. So it's exciting to see stuff like that. Like him and Mims have just been really, really good finds on the offense. So like there, there is some, uh, uh, not silver Hope. linings, the word, but like there's some positives um, for the Broncos yeah. of, of these first few weeks of the season. And I think there's some hope that, you know, with these players coming back that the next few weeks, the Broncos might start to get clicking a little bit more. And, you know, like, you know, I, I started so pessimistic as we began the pod, but I really do think they could start to iron some things out these next few weeks. Well, I agree with you 100 percent on McLaughlin, John. I mean, Every time he touched the ball, it seemed like something good happened. That was a really good positive, right, in the game. And I, don't, I mean, yeah, you said he played like small town college football, right? Youngstown State was it McLaughlin from mm-hmm. that? And, and Notre Dame College, not the yeah. D one Dame, <laughs> not the university. The yeah, yeah. This is like my my level of college football. I didn't play, but I went to school at the University of New Hampshire. This is this is the kind of football we played out there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's like this five foot something, hundred eighty pound guy. I mean, he's out there. He could, I mean, some of the stuff he was doing, John, like the stopping on a dime, going full steam, stop on a dime, change direction. Like, oh, boy, I want to see more of this kid. And I'm glad you told me to pick him up in my dynasty league. I hope people listen to us when they listen to that podcast back in the summer. I know most Broncos fans already had McLaughlin stashed. Come on. <laughs> what are we talking about here? Right. But yeah, I mean, McLaughlin might be uh, he might be the, one of the top waiver wire pickups for week five oh, of the fantasy yeah. season. Yeah. He's number one every week on Broncos Wire. We publish waiver wire targets, and he's number one this week. And like, I'm never biased about Broncos players because, like, it's fantasy football. I'm not going to say just because he's a Bronco to pick him up, but McLaughlin, especially because Williams is hurt, like, ESPN said he's not expected to miss much or any time, but if he does, like, 
that's huge for McLaughlin's stock. And he has proven these first few weeks of the season that even with Javante Williams, he deserves touches. Like it seems like the rest of the way he's going to be the number two jumping over P Ryan and he's going to get snaps because he's a great receiving back and Sean Payton loves to get running backs involved in the passing game. So for the rest of the way, I think he's going to be Denver's RB two. And I think that will be worthy of flex consideration in fantasy. Yep. So go pick up McLaughlin. He looks like a little weapon. I'm excited to see what this kid has. And now I want to see it against a defense like the Jets has a look against those guys where they can run and tackle and they have speed and not the freaking bears, you know? So like, that's what I want to see. But uh, yeah, I'm excited about this kid. I thought he looked really good. Let's see what Corey Bonini has to say. Corey has week five fantasy plays from the huddle.com. And then we'll be back, John and I, to talk about the Nathaniel Hackett Bowl. Can't wait. Stick with us. Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com here to bring you fantasy football strong plays for week number five. Quarterback Matthew Stafford, Los Angeles Rams versus Philadelphia Eagles. First of all, be sure to check on Stafford's status, but the hip bruise he suffered last week isn't expected to keep him out of action. While the Eagles certainly may force a turnover or two, this defense has given up the fifth most passing yards and third most aerial touchdowns thus far, and only a pair of passes have been intercepted. There's a strong chance LA has to pass all day long to keep up, and there's also an outside shot of Cooper Cup returning. Running back James Conner, Arizona Cardinals versus Cincinnati Bengals. Conner should shake off last week's letdown versus a stout San Francisco defense by facing a reeling Bengals coming to town. Only five teams have allowed more rushing yards than Cincinnati, and it's a neutrally ranked 18th in rushing touchdown efficiency against. The matchup is awful for pass-catching backs, but that really hasn't been Conner's role in 2023. On the ground, consider him a quality running back too. Wide receiver Wandale Robinson, New York Giants at Miami Dolphins. Robinson is about the only thing in this passing game worthy of some attention at this point, and it's really little more than a PPR concession for a handful of garbage time points, especially due to bye weeks, but that's strong enough to get him into some lineups. In his two games back from last year's ACL tear, the slot receivers managed to snare 9 of 11 targets, only for 61 yards, but he did rush another time for 7. Fortunately for the Giants, Miami's defense has only 10 sacks on the air, which is one fewer than Seattle tallied against New York last week alone. Tight end Dalton Schultz, Houston Texans at Atlanta Falcons. We finally saw some signs of life from the former Dallas Cowboy by locking his first touchdown as a Texan last Sunday, although it came on a halfback pass. Schultz remains somewhat risky given that three of his games with C.J. Stroud have resulted in lineup anchors for fantasy football purposes, and even the Week 4 touchdown came on just three targets landed for 42 yards. Atlanta returns from a drubbing in London to present Schultz a stellar matchup. The Falcons are the second easiest opponent to exploit for receptions, number 8 for yardage allowed, and the position has scored every other game so far. Expect Schultz to keep it going for a second week in a row. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. It's unfortunate that that had to happen, uh, that the comments that were made, but hey, they did. I, I'll tell you, I was probably more surprised that they happened now, was definitely expecting them in week five. So I, I'm, I'm almost thankful uh, that we got that you know, out of the way. We all understand where, where, where uh, certain people feel and think. And I'll tell you, you can always look at that silver lining. And man, this organization, these players, uh, the coaches, Salah, just the entire organization, Woody, I mean, Jaime, I mean, Gelfan, everybody has been unbelievable. I think that's something that is just awesome. It's brought our team together. Woody, Jaime, oh, man, they've been so great. They've been so great, John. Oh, they had my back when, when Sean Payton broke the code. Oh, man, John, it feels like yesterday, doesn't it? It feels like yesterday when Sean Payton put his feet up on the desk. He didn't say it by name, right? But he called Hackett's coaching job 
the worst in one of the worst in NFL history. And then we had Hackett out there saying he broke the code. We had Aaron Rodgers saying, keep my coach's name out of your mouth. This all this seems like this happened yesterday, but this is way back in training camp. But now it's week five Broncos Jets. Are you ready? Yeah, I am ready. And, you know, we don't need to remind fans of how much of a catastrophe Nathaniel Hackett was last season. And, you know, this year with the Jets, like, yes, there is a caveat because who knows how different things would have been with a healthy Aaron Rodgers, just like when Hackett was the Packers offensive coordinator and Rodgers was running the offense. But since, you know, they don't have Aaron Rodgers, he went down in week one. Now they got Zach Wilson and they're averaging 15 and a half points a game, which is the exact amount that the Broncos offense averaged under uh, Hackett last year. So to, to me, I feel like Broncos fans can just look and like, yes, Zach Wilson is quarterback, and obviously that's not ideal. But you got to make do with what you have. And I, I just think it's just – it just demonstrates that he's just – like uh, I, I don't want to talk bad about him like as like a, a person or whatever. And like I know like players like him and stuff. So I, like it's nothing against Hackett personally. But just like as a coach, I think Broncos fans are, are completely justified in just – having a disdain for him as a coach, like not, not nothing against hack Nathaniel Hackett as a person. And I think when he comes back to Denver and, you know, plays in mile high stadium, I think he's definitely not going to get a warm welcome. And when, when all this was happening this off season, when Peyton made those comments about Hackett and then all the jets players freaked out and the coaches freaked out and lashed back at Peyton and stuff, someone commented on mile high report. Well, one of our, Uh, a a Broncos blog that we're friends with and they said you know what we should do in response to this when the Jets have the ball in week five we should count down the play clock and I was like (laughs) that is such a hilarious idea because last year they had so much problems with clock management with Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson and like in hindsight Wilson may have contributed to that but uh, it's definitely it's so much better now under Sean Payton, and I I don't think Broncos fans should do that the whole game because it might end up actually helping the Jets, like making Zach Wilson like, oh yeah, by the way, you have two seconds to snap the ball, but just doing it like once or twice early in the game, I think would be hilarious, and it's like harmless, like it's it's not like you know like shouting you know expletives at Hackett. It's just like a harmless, funny way to reference like, yeah, we remember last year how awful that was. And now your new team's offense is struggling. Yeah, like it and now you're back in Denver and we're gonna, you know, give your offense a taste of what we went through last year. So I, I think Broncos fans are yeah, they're probably definitely gonna boo him. And I again like as a coach, it's deserved. Like nothing against him as a person. Like I know Aaron Rodgers likes him and like he's a very good players coach and all that. But results wise, it was not good enough in Denver. And so far, the stats suggest his results have not been good enough in New York. He's just he's just not he, I, clearly he was not cut out to be a head coach, even as an offensive coordinator with Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he's a very good offensive coordinator either. It does kind of suck that Aaron Rodgers isn't in this game, right? Because he was a big yeah, part. Yeah, totally different game. Yeah, well, 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 it's good for the Broncos, given the state of the Broncos right now. It's good that it's Zach Wilson. Let's let's. It's good that it's Nathaniel Hackett as the offensive coordinator and Zach Wilson as the quarterback. That's advantage Broncos. It's why they're favored in this game. I think. Never mind them being at home, and we'll talk about that. But it does kind of suck because we don't get to see the Aaron Rodgers Sean Payton exchange at midfield. You know what I mean? Like that was one thing I was kind of looking forward to. So. As a casual fan of this game, John, a little disappointed at that. Like, I wanted to see the whole, like, is it going to be snarky? Like, are they going to 
are they going to hug it out, bro, hug it out, be fake? Are they going to, you know, bitch at each other? Like, what are they going to do? Because Rodgers was seemed pretty pissed at Sean Payton. And, you know, I, I thought it was hilarious. But, yeah, I think, like, what opportunity are the Broncos fans going to get to boo Hackett, right? That's that's a real question here. Like, I don't think the Broncos are going to be, like, they're not going to put one of those, like, videos together for oh, the, they on the message definitely board. put them on the video board. oh you think they like, will not like, with, like writing around it but just like scan to the sideline oh so you think they will the they, they won't do a thank you welcome back to denver nate you know they won't <laughs> okay. do that thing like the cowboys did for ezekiel elliott this past weekend yeah i kind of doubt there's going to be a welcome message no so, so they're going to show nathaniel's stupid goatee on the on the video board and the crowd's going to boo their faces off and when hackett's asked after the game he's going to go it's unfortunate that that had to happen Okay, so yeah, so the crowd's going to boo the shit. Sorry, they're, they're going to boo the crap out of Nathaniel Hackett, and he's going to be very upset, and he's going to say that the Broncos fans broke the code, John. That's what, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Like, I, I, I don't know if there will be any instruction from like upstairs to the scoreboard operator to be like, hey, don't, don't needlessly pan to Hackett <laughs> during this game. Like, if there's not like any like instruction to not do it, I definitely think that's something like a scoreboard operator. Like they think about stuff like that. Like, hey, what would be funny to put on the board or what would be interesting? What would get a reaction from fans in the stadium? Like they do do stuff like that. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if he ends up on the board at some point. And yeah, they're going to boo and boo a lot. And I do think like, again, I think it should only be a handful of times. They shouldn't do it the whole game, especially like if, if it's like a close game late in the game. But just a handful of times counting down the play clock, I think would be hilarious. Yeah, that would be hilarious. So we'll see what Broncos fans do uh, to Nate. You know? It's unfortunate that that had to happen. Yes, I'm sorry, Nate. We we don't. We're, we hope that you can keep it together. We hope nobody breaks the code. We hope that you're going to be okay uh, with your new home with the New York Jets. But actually, John, we could we could laugh about this all day. I think it's hilarious. The whole Nathaniel Hackett experience. Um, now we can. It's like enough time has passed that we can look back and laugh at it now. I think, and I think Broncos fans will at the game. But Nathaniel Hackett's probably pretty motivated. Right. To come into oh, yeah. mile high and into that stadium. And I mean, everybody's been calling him. It wasn't just last year and what kind of you just said. And you know how I feel about him. Like we both feel like he shouldn't even be an offensive coordinator. I think he was only brought to the Jets to lure Aaron Rodgers over there. And he's a great offensive coordinator when he's got his boy, Aaron Rodgers, doing <laughs> most of the work himself. I think, you know, Rodgers knows what yeah. he wants to do on offense. And I think Hackett's his boy. And I think that it works for them. But now you get Nathaniel Hackett and Zach Wilson which everybody thinks Zach Wilson's the worst starting quarterback in the league, self-included. Everybody thinks Nathaniel Hackett's the worst offensive coordinator in the league, self-included. So you got this horrible pairing for the Jets. Normally, you wouldn't give the Jets any shot with those two, right? But, you know, maybe they got something to prove, right? You might see the best out of Nathaniel Hackett and the best out of Zach Wilson in this game, right? You, you, You never know. I think we started to see a little bit of that with Zach Wilson against the Chiefs, right? After all that noise, he heard everybody saying Zach Wilson should be off the team. He shouldn't even be playing. They should... Go try to get Matt Ryan out of the booth or whatever they're saying. Go sign Carson Wentz. Oh my gosh, you you know it's brutal. You know it's a dire situation when you're trying to get Carson Wentz <laughs> to come play, right? I don't know. Zach Wilson showed a little bit of something on Sunday night against the Chiefs. I think Nate Hackett yeah. could be motivated. So that's one thing I would worry about a little bit, John. Yeah. Oh, they, Hack is definitely motivated, and like you said, Wilson wants to prove everyone that's dunking on him wrong. So they're definitely motivated. But even more than that, I'm just uh, concerned because, like we've mentioned. Justin Fields was doing terrible for the first few weeks of the season. Chicago's offense was absolutely terrible for the first three weeks of the season. And then against Denver's defense, they light up the scoreboard. They just march up and down the field. And I'm just so worried that the Jets 
offense is going to have a get right game against and, and like the, the Jets offense wasn't even terrible against the Chiefs it was just a, a handful of costly mistakes and and Zach Wilson's fumble at the end that did them in but really like the the offense wants an incompetent and they have weapons like uh Brees Hall is a very talented running back Garrett Wilson is one of the most exciting young receivers in the NFL so like Zach Wilson just it basically has to just not mess it up and you know I think he's capable of doing that. Like he, he messed it up at the end against the chiefs. So maybe that's just like in his nature. I don't know, but yeah, what I was so confident that the Broncos defense would have at least a little bit of a bounce back. And I guess 70 points to 28 points. That is a little bit of an improvement, but it's really not because the offense or the dolphins have one of the best offenses in the NFL and the bears have one of the worst in the NFL and they scored four touchdowns against the Broncos with ease. So I'm, I'm just worried. Like, uh, Denver's defense is not presumably not really going to slow down the Jets offense a ton. Whereas on the flip side, the Broncos offense has been playing well, but the Jets defense is good. Like they cause so many problems for uh, the Chiefs and maybe Russell Wilson won't be quite as reckless as Patrick Mahomes tends to be sometimes. A lot of times he gets away with it, but the Chief, or the Jets made him pay a couple times. So maybe Russell Wilson won't throw as many interceptions as Patrick Mahomes did on Sunday night. But I'm just worried, like, if there's Denver's offense, yes, they're good. But the Jets' defense is very good. And the Jets' defense, yes, they're bad. But the Broncos' defense is so bad that they made the Bears look good. So I'm just worried that, you know, I, I, I'm I, getting ahead of myself to our picks, Ryan, but I just I cannot back the Broncos to win this game like 99% because of their defense. That's where your advantage should be. You should be able to shut down the Jets. Everybody shuts down the Jets. I know the, the Chiefs had a little bit of trouble with them, but still, they, they pulled it out in the end, and, and Zach Wilson played his best game, and it was good enough for them to you know almost beat the Chiefs, right? That's kind of what it is with the Jets. They're just not very good. Zach Wilson's bad. I don't think they trust him that well. I don't know if Zach Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett have a great camaraderie yet. Like it's just there's a lot going on there. But yeah, I could see the Jets scoring points against the Broncos right now, the way their defense is playing. And John, I think one reason you're having a hard time picking the Broncos is because they're favored in this game by two and a half at home. But they're 0 three and one against the spread this year. The Broncos are. So they haven't covered a spread yet, including last week, three and a half point favorites. Denver. Come on. Oh, God, I picked the Broncos with such confidence, John. Oh, damn you, Russell Wilson. But anyway, yeah, I mean, two and a half point favorites, Broncos at home. It doesn't sound like you think they're going to cover that spread, John. I'm just going out on a limb here. I'm not. Like, I, I can't back them to win. I can't back them to cover that. I just, I, I have no confidence in their ability. Like, even though the Jets' offense has not been good, I just have no confidence in Denver's defense. And maybe I'll be proven wrong. Like, maybe if Justin Simmons comes back this week, that will be the difference to, you know, make their off their defense go from absolutely awful to competent. Like, Justin Simmons is a very talented player. So maybe he's, like, the missing piece these last two weeks that has made them such a dumpster fire. So maybe they'll prove me wrong. Like I hope they do. Like obviously I'm not hoping for them to get embarrassed by the jets. That would just be terrible, but I just can't confidently back them to win this game or to cover. Like I, I have to predict that the jets are going to win it. Uh, just, just because like the jets defense, I think could give the Broncos offense a little bit of problems. Like not that they're going to shut them out, but if they slow them down a little bit, I'm not confident Denver's defense will be able to slow down the jets offense. Yeah. I'm with you. And now, you know how I feel about the Jets, John. I'm a Patriots fan. 
I hate the Jets with a passion. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. But yeah, I'm with you. I think the one unit I can trust when I'm looking at these two teams on paper is the Jets defense, as you alluded to. They can rush the passer. Their linebackers are, I mean, how many times did Mahomes just try to loft it over their linebackers and those guys just zipped over there and picked it off? You know what I mean? That yeah. was great. That was crazy. So they got speed. They never mind their their coverage guys, Sauce Gardner, excellent, right? One of the best in football right now. Um, they can cover you, they can rush the passer. Uh, I think they're gonna make life really hard on the Broncos. Never mind if the Broncos are shorthanded on offense a little bit, right? So uh yeah, uh, I think that's gonna be a problem. And I also think like Sean Payton back in training camp, you talk that crap about the Jets and Nathaniel Hackett. And you come out and you kind of suck, right? Your team kind of blows, right? You're not playing that good football. Like you've played losing football except for one quarter. And and I think it can just work against you, right? I think the Jets are going to be motivated. I think the Jets are, the Broncos have the Jets' attention. Let's put it that way, right? The Jets are going to be ready for this game. They're going to try to go win it for their guy, Nathaniel Hackett, whatever. I don't care. Well, you know what I mean? That whole thing. It's annoying me just saying this, John, because I hate the Jets. And I can't stand Hackett either. But, uh, yeah, I just think that those comments by Peyton could work against them. The Jets are going to be motivated. They're coming off a game they probably should have had against the Chiefs, as you said, and they're going to see this one as one they can go get on the road, and they're probably going to go get it, right, because their defense is that good, and I'm not sure if Denver can stop the Jets as bad as their offense is. So, again, this is where it comes down to that Bears game, like good game or good sign, right? Is Was the fourth quarter a sign that the Broncos figured something out and are turning a corner? Maybe if they do it against the Jets and they win this game, then now we got something right. Now we have a trend, yeah. but yeah. I, I still tend I'm with you. I still tend to think it's the first three quarters or, or what I focus on more. And I feel like that fourth quarter just covering up three horrible quarters against the worst team in football, the, the Bears, who, again, they basically haven't won since they haven't won since last October. OK, we're, we're going on a calendar year without them winning a football game. The Bears, they're so bad. They're so bad. And the Broncos had to survive against that team. So how do you have any confidence? So, yeah, I think the Sean Payton comments, the Jets being motivated for this ball game, kind of sucks that we don't have the Aaron Rodgers piece to it because I, I would have liked that thing, John. But uh, I, I do I do think Hackett might come in here and win the game. That's painful to say. Yeah, it would be terrible. Like I said, I'm, I hope that that is not the case, but it's just hard to predict. Uh, you know, it's hard to back the Broncos and back their defense. And I think what you said there is spot on that. I think this is going to be the key determining factor. Like was Sunday just a meaningless win against a terrible bears team, or was it something the Broncos can build on? Like, this is our answer. Like the jets, they're, they're better than their record. Like they're not a terrible team, but they're not a great team. And if the Broncos can't beat them at home when they don't have Aaron Rodgers, like then I, to me, it's just over because then you got the Chiefs, you got the Packers, you got the Chiefs, you got the Bills. Like if you're one and four going into that stretch, like it's over. It like I guess that's too early in the season to officially call it. But for me, I would I would just have no confidence of them salvaging this season. But on the other hand, if they beat the Jets and they're 500 going in the Chiefs week, like they haven't beat the Chiefs in so long. One of these days, it's going to happen. Like you never <laughs> they come know. close every time. So like. Well, I'll be right back to optimistic if they're two and two, two and two, and beat the Jets. But you know, if they lose this game and drop to one and four, I I think that's just basically going to be it for their season. So this is a huge, like it could be a turning point, or it could be a point in the season where we're just like, yeah, you know, we knew at that point, you know, nothing was going to come of this season. It's a big ball game, John. Do they 
move closer to getting back into the thick of things a little bit here, Denver. I think beating the Jets would be a big win. It's a winnable game for them, but the Jets are, I think their defense is so good that they're still kind of a fringe playoff team right now, even though they're one and three. So, uh, you know, I think I would look at the Jets as like a better team than the Broncos, even though they have the same record, if you know what I'm saying, right? So I think this would be a good win, even at home. This would be a good win, getting them closer to being back in it, or are they going to go the other way and get back? Or are we going to go back to Caleb Williams' watch on uh, Broncos country? You know, is, is that where we're going to go? So this this game will tell us. This game will tell us. But either way, either way, we can't lose because if they win, <laughs> it's great to win. Gives us optimism. If they lose, I'm up fine with getting back on Caleb Williams' watch. You love Caleb Williams. Like, you again, want this not man. that I'm rooting for them to lose. It's not like I hope they lose. It's just try to find the silver linings when things aren't going well. Oh, I watched a little bit of that USC Colorado game, John, and I was thinking about you. I'm like, ooh, John's loving this. Caleb Williams, <laughs> he's throwing all these touchdowns. What do you have? Like six, five or six touchdown passes yeah, in that game? Touchdowns. Pretty good. And George George Payton was at that game. Oh boy. Yep. It's real. It's real. Let's go. Let's get the if if the Jets win this game, which unfortunately John and I believe uh is gonna happen. Um if the Jets do win this game, John and I will be on we might have to turn to full Caleb Williams watch for months. <laughs> the final couple months of the football Start season. Posting his highlights every week <laughs> on Broncos Wire. Yeah, the the fans would love that. They would love that. I tend to be more on the side of let's have a season. Okay, that's what I, I I'm hoping for a season, John. I'm not hoping for Tankathon yet. Uh, tank watch or whatever you want to call it. Like still it's still. Uh, well, I guess it's October now, but it's still early. It's still early. So well, Sean Payton has a phenomenal record in October. So, OK, that's something. And his record in September is very bad historically. So that's something. Well, don't lose this game, Sean Payton. Don't come out here and get blasted by the Jets at home after all that crap you talked in the you know in the preseason. Like you, yeah, you, you got to know, the, talk the talk now, walk the walk. Yeah, that comes that that comes to roost, right? You're gonna talk crap about the Jets and say how bad they are and or whatever. They, it was the worst coaching job in NFL history last year. Whatever he said, I kind of forget it. I want to go back and read it now. But you better you better put your money where your mouth is. Your team better come up and and back you up and play, right? So we'll see. Big game for Sean Payton too, but. You know, John and I were both on the Jets. How do you feel about that? Let John know I'm on, uh, what do they call it? X? Is it X.com now? Is that really what they call it, John? I still don't even acknowledge that. I'm still calling it Twitter. Let him know on Twitter. John's very good about tweeting out stuff about the podcast. So, And we have a lot of fans that interact with John on on Twitter about that. So let John how you know. We both got the Jets. Who do you like? Uh, John, there's quite a few days left before kickoff. Uh, The normal stuff going on Broncos wire in terms of previewing this ball game. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of injury updates this week. Like I said, all those guys eligible to come back from IR will be tracking all that. And if those guys do come back, the Broncos obviously got to make corresponding moves. So the Broncos could have a decent amount of transactions this week leading up to the game. And then, of course, we'll have the TV map. We'll have the Q&A exchange with Jets wire. So we'll have a, a lot of game coverage coming up leading to Sunday. All right, Broncos Wires got you covered for John Heath. I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thank you so much for joining us on the pod each and every week of the season. We'll be back next week as well to talk Broncos Jets, and we will catch you then. (laughs) 